1: Hello there and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast, my name's Christopher Brown. God, there are a lot of slashers on the Video Nasties list. Now some of them are great, like The Burning, some are bad, like Mardi Gras masquerade but the real problem is with the ones that are deeply average. Night School aka Terrorize is notable not for its kills, because they're fairly mundane, or for its twist which anybody with any kind of knowledge and their nasties will probably get straight away. It's notable for its star, but also for its director, the late, great Ken Hughes.
2: When darkness descends on the city, something happens to the girls who attend night school.
0: You're not walking home alone tonight, are you? After what happened? We'll be all right.
2: Something secret. Modern man has only to take a short step to wind up in the primeval jungle of his ancestors.
3: Something forbidding. We've had a few kooks in Boston in our time, but headhunters are too many. Something terrifying.
0: Who's there?
1: Night School is a slasher, released in 81, directed by Hughes and starring the English actress Rachel Ward in a debut theatrical role. The plot moves around uh, a series of violent decapitation murders amongst young college co-eds in Boston. Originally, the film was directed by Alfred Soule, who did Alice Sweet Alice, but uh, he turned it down and Ken Hughes was brought in to direct. This would be his final film. The music score is also notable, composed by Brad Friedel, and it's probably some of his better early work. It's known as being not as it's just not as violent as some of the other slashes at the time, but at the same time, it also was still denounced for for its or and in truth, possibly a level of misogyny in the film. And now, to an extent, it has a little bit of a cult following, but probably not as much as you would think. So the story revolves around a Boston police detective and his attempts to investigate a series of murders of these college co-heads. And the, the, the murders are committed by a helmeted, black leather-clad serial killer. And it leads him to suspect the um, an anthropo- anthropology professor uh, uh, as well as his female living assistant. The murderer beheads women and leaves their heads in buckets, ditch, down the toilet and, an, and even in a saucepan of Irish stew. But who is it? Will they get caught? And by the end of the film, will you even care?
3: Listen, I hope you had a good breakfast because this one's kind of messy. Stay. Stay. Hey. Hey. Okay, Sergeant, it's all yours. Any angles, Bill? Not that I can see. Just a neat job of decapitation. Head completely severed from the body. That makes two killings in a week. Let's hope this isn't going to become an epidemic. Thanks. Same MO as last week. No fingerprints, no suspects, no motives, no nothing. Well, Ann Barron, she worked as a teacher's aide. When did it happen? Right. Oh, about six last night, I guess, uh, right after school closed. All right, I give up. Where's the rest of her? This bitch you're not going to believe. Why would he mutilate her over there? And bring the head here and put it in a bucket. You asking me? You're the college genius, I'm just the cop. Want shot to the building? I love everything.
1: Yeah. Night School is a slasher, released in 81, directed by Hughes, and starring the English actress Rachel Ward in a debut theatrical role. The plot moves around a, a series of violent decapitation murders amongst young college co-eds in Boston. Originally, the film was to be directed by Alfred Soule, who did Alice, Sweet Alice, but uh, he turned it down and Ken Hughes was brought in to direct. This would be his final film. The music score is also notable, composed by Brad Friedel, and it's probably some of his better early work. It's known as being... Not as, it's just not as violent as some of the other slashes at the time, but at the same time, it also was still denounced for for its it or in truth possibly a level of misogyny in the film. And now to an extent it has a little bit of a cult following but probably not as much as you would think. So the story revolves around a Boston police detective and his attempts to investigate a series of murders of these college co-heads. Now the, the, the murders are committed by a helmeted black leather cloud serial killer. And it leads him to suspect the, um, an anthropo- anthropology professor, uh, uh, as well as his female living assistant. The murderer beheads women and leaves their heads in buckets, ditch, down the toilet, and, an, and even in a saucepan of Irish stew. But who is it? Will they get caught? And by the end of the film, will you even care? Ken Hughes was born in Liverpool in the 19th January 1922 and died in April 2001. He wasn't just a director, he was also a writer and producer and co-wrote and directed the most notably Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
0: Keep clear!
1: This is Caractacus Potts,
4: inventor extraordinaire. Caractacus had a dream. He believed man could fly. At first, it was hard getting his dream off the ground. But Caractacus had faith. And a beautiful sweetheart. Two charming kids.
0: She scrumptious. You're truly, truly scrumptious. Scrumptious as a cherry
4: peach <laughs> And an adventurous grandfather star capital P-O-S-H. Posh. then caracticus invented a fantastic magical car it floats it flies and it carries adventure wherever it goes <laughs> It took them to castles and palaces, and to far-off lands known only in lullabies. And watch
2: your boat.
4: Also took them into the clutches of the nasty Baron bomb burst, who ruled over the evil kingdom of Bulgaria, where children were imprisoned and happiness was a crime. And the only thing that could save them was laughter and music.
2: Sweet. Sweet. Sweet.
4: before has there been such a gallery of marvelous characters. Dick Van Dyke as Caracticus Potts, Sally Ann Howes as Truly Scrumptious, Lionel Jeffries as Grandpa Potts, Gert Frobe as the Nasty Baron Bomb Burst, Anna Quayle, James Robertson Justice, Benny Hill, Robert Helpman, and Heather Ripley and Adrian Hall as the children. Hey. before has there ever been such a magical musical entertainment as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Bang Continuous performances at popular prices, direct from its reserved seat presentation.
1: Hughes was rather dismissive about the, uh, the the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang himself. He said, I didn't enjoy making Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The film made a lot of money, but that doesn't really make it me any feel any better about it. On the other hand, I've made pictures that got awards at Berlin and places and didn't make any money. And that didn't make me feel any better either. Hughes was known to be proud of The Trials of Oscar Wilde from 1960, one of his better films. And probably the first film he had made with a decent budget. It took him a long time to break properly into the film industry. He worked as a projectionist before joining the BBC at 16, gradually working his way to sound engineer. During the Second World War, he learned his craft on training films, and afterwards started on documentaries and shorts. He used to he he, he made the step into direction by making uh, quota quickies, cheap B-movies for the year, to feature a lot of fading American stars, alongside to, to kind of run and in the old days when people would you know pay a penny or whatever it is and and then watch you know stay in the cinema for a long time with lots of different features running so among them was like Little Red Monkey which is an espionage thriller starring Richard Conti, Time Slip with Gene Nelson, um, Wicked As They Come uh, starring Arlene Dahl, The Long Haul with Victim Mature as a truck driver none of them were particularly spectacular and finally, finally, he got his, his big break with the aforementioned Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, working alongside uh, Chubby Broccoli. <clears throat> Unfortunately for him, though, he basically balls up his career immediately afterwards with the uh, intelligent epic Cromwell. Didn't get enough box office teeth to cover its budget, and um, it stars Richard Harris. It's a notable film and Alec Guinness, but um, he ended up then making from there. For- forcing him to make kind of the kind of films that uh, you know which he you start with really kind of grubby low budget movies uh project with james corbin uh was was probably no- notable then there was alfie Darling, which was an unnecessary sequel to alfie with alan price replacing michael Caine. set the notorious sex death with uh, an 86 year old may west and uh, which is now known as, you know, kind of a bad taste classic, um, but wasn't attempted to be, I don't think.
0: Take fifteen. What's the word? What the, word,
2: sir? The word. What's the word? Action. 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 What the world needs now is a lasting peace, and they've got it. May West. How do you like it in London, Marlow?
0: Oh, I like it anywhere.
2: <laughs> in the uninhibited, unabashed unforgettable, overexposed sex death.
0: That dress is so fantastic that even I would wear it. In fact, I have.
2: <laughs> Mae West is Marlowe Manners. She's the most successful film star in history.
0: I'm the girl that works at on all day and fucks all night.
2: But she won't be satisfied until she's loved by all mankind, one man at a time. Yeah.
0: Wall to wall,
2: Meanwhile, negotiations break down in a secret conference. And the world is on the brink of disaster. There's only one hope left. Remember. She's doing this for Uncle Sam. The world's leading expert in international relations.
0: I don't know much about politics, but I do know a good party man when I see one.
2: <laughs> because no one handles heads of state like Marlowe. Oh, sexy or sexy?
0: That's me.
2: Come in, my dear. Even on her wedding night with Timothy Dalton. Stiff upper lip. Mm, you
0: gotta start somewhere.
2: George Hamilton. Give me the number to Miss Mannesweet. I'm afraid we're not allowed to give that information out. I can Tony Curtis. You remember that vulgar night we spent on the river? What? I mean that night we spent on hmm. the river, Volga. Dom DeLuise. Hello. Are you trying to get rid of me? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Ringo Starr. Husband number six.
0: Meet husband number four. A
3: pleasure.
2: Alice Cooper
3: with you.
2: Keith Moon
3: you.
2: Walter Pigeon. Rona Barrett George Rath
0: I haven't seen you in two years. What have you been doing?
2: Two years.
0: Cut! Cut! Cut!
2: And the U.S. Athletic Team.
0: What are you trying to do? Give me competition? All right. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, well, go ahead, honey.
2: Immortal comedy will live forever.
0: Oh! It's
4: later than You won't.
2: By the time she gets out of bed, there may be a new administration. See Mae West in the all star, all new, all outrageous. i pick it up the world. Sick him up, the world! Sextet.
0: And remember, parental guidance is suggested.
1: And then this. He's uh, in this film, uh, but night school which you know was where Rachel Ward made her debut this was a point in her career when you know she was basically she'd rece- receiving Golden Globe Awards for New Star of the Year for appearing in Sharky's Machine starring Burt Reynolds and uh, she was just about to start in Dead Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid but this is an actual fact the first her first feature, the, the feature debut before then she was just making TV in the UK It's probably the film, the, the TV set, the mini TV miniseries, *The Form Birds*, which, which which she got nominated for a Golden Globe Award, which really catapulted her into notoriety and, and fame. I think it's fair to say that. Um, and of course, the film is also notable for um, having that a synthesizer soundtrack, an alias synthesizer by Brad Friedel. Uh, Friedel uh, was at this time working on a lot of tv he you know born in 1951 um movie and obviously music composer and um, he was you know after college he became popular progressive composer in the 80s he worked on several obviously successful movies and um, which we'll get on to and it uh, he was also a keyboardist for Hall and Oates, which I don't think a lot of people know. But his career at this stage was still quite quite low key, working on TV and minor cinema releases like this one. Um, it was only when James Cameron hired him to score the Terminator eighty four that really set the meals in motion for his for his, uh, his his successful career. Now, obviously, with um with the Terminator, I mean, you know, it's that a uh, you know amazing um thumping pounds and soundtrack which uh, kind of really highlights it and obviously still the, the brand name for that uh, for that that series moving forward he also made it uh, fright night 2 the big easy sips and rainbow fright night <laughs> the accused blue steel blink and true lies as well so um he doesn't have you know he moved, now works for writes for original musicals and he works you know surf resorts in mexico i mean his last major theatrical score was actually in 1995 and although you know there's been an interest in his in his writing work since then mainly through you know the return of uh, of, of terminators in, in people's in the public conscience um he's a uh, you know he's he's shied away from that kind of work I think you know. I, I, think, I mean, that's understandable, mainly because of his uh, his the way that his his writing is very much um, of its time. You know, action, 80s, big explosions, stuff like that. So the film was um, was cut originally for the 1981 cinema release, and uh, an uncut Guild VHS was released in February '83, and was banned as a nasty in March '84. But it was dropped on from the list in June '85 through uh, a lack of convictions. The BBFC cut one minute sixteen seconds from a VHS release from 1987. And the reason for that was uh, the post-nasty scare, in the sense that um, you know they needed to look different to uh, how how it was when it originally you know being put on the list. And um, those were both cuts to two scenes, uh, extended scenes of uh, the, the the slasher going about his work. Um, and it's it's still cut now uh, mainly because it hasn't had another release um, it's not the most loved film in the world, I think it's fair to say um, you can get it in the US from Warner Archives Um and that's about it really, I, I think it's one of the films that probably would have faded completely into obscurity if it hadn't been for um, the, the video nasties as it were um, it's probably... It ain't great. I mean let's be honest. There's there's a, a lengthy scene with um, Irish Jew which kind of ra- tries to ramp up tension about where this head is. But um it takes so long to get to it to the point where, you know, you know what's going on that you kinda of wonder why they're even doing it in the first place, you know. Um and, you know, th- as I said, you know, Slasher films live and die by the uh, the quality of the of their their kills, and uh, this one there is you know you know it's quite gruesome the idea of you know finding somebody's he- de- de- decapitated head. But apart from that, there's not a lot, and of course it features everyone's favourite co- uh, trope, trope, which is in almost all these kind of films, really coppers being really really bad at their job. So. You know, not the uh, the great closer to uh, Hughes's uh, career, but I mean, by this stage, he very much was just a gun to hire. Um, so, you know, possibly not that surprising, really. Um, which is a bit of a shame, but you know, that's just the way it is, I suppose.
3: Can you tell me anything about her activities outside of work?
0: Nothing, really. She worked here during the day to put herself through school.
3: Do you know where she went to school?
0: Yes, she attended classes in the evening at Wendell College.
3: That's a girl's school on Beacon Hill.
0: She was studying to be a teacher.
3: <laughs> Touch with you.
0: Hear me, sir, and drink this, you'll feel better. <laughs> That's all right everything will be all right
3: i don't want the press in here until we get an official id from the parents I'll i want this best. whole area sealed off and i want your boys to go over it with a fine tooth comb we did that already. And what'd you get
1: nothing
3: then go over it again okay boss meet me at the coroner's office with the complete reports and i'll have to go check out that girls college oh that's great I get all the routine stuff. You get to go to the girls' school. One of the advantages of a Harvard degree. Kaka era, which in Armenian means "here comes the bullshit."
1: If you want to get in touch with me, please do. My email address is vidionastyspodcast at gmail My Twitter is at orange underscore monkey, and my website uh, we all these trailers and all the. Fe- features and whatever else I've been doing are all up on there, and that's a uh, video podcast.com. Uh, check the feed for our uh, on Christmas for a little bit of a present from me to you, and um, nothing too big, but but um, you know, it's it, it's it, it's something there. And um, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a fantastic new year. I'll hopefully speak to you before then, though and of course next week what we're going to talk about which is another film which has um, been on video and not really made the jump to dvd but probably a bit better than this one in truth it's a bit for some people it is a bit of a uh, a lost classic that's nightmare maker so until then take care and i'll speak to you soon goodbye
0: And remember, parental
1: guidance is suggested.